Oh, oh, we're going live right now. What? We're going uh, live right now. Oh, I forgot that the little red button comes up. What did you just say? I said I'm still eating pretzels. <laughs> well, maybe you should stop eating pretzels so we can do this thing called a podcast. Oh, they're so good. Okay. Am I just gonna sit here watching you eat pretzels on video for? Is this gonna be too loud? <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Putting those away. The history behind the podcast: Why episode nine was the final episode? <laughs> because Lauren was obnoxious with her pretzels, and she about died from choking on one. And Brian finally lost his shit and killed her. Yes. <laughs> it was over. <laughs> the end of the podcast. We all saw that coming. <laughs> but we didn't know how to stop it. <laughs> uh, okay, are you ready? I am ready. Wait. See, I have put down the pretzels. Take a drink. Okay. Here we go. In three, two, one. There's music here. <laughs> yeah, but by now the music's already played. Oh yeah, you're right. Because I do this little thing called editing. <laughs> Hi everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Brian, and she is Lauren. And this is and some other stuff. A podcast with two people who thought they were funny enough to have a podcast, and then they actually did it. Was it all about us being funny? It kind of was, wasn't it? It was, but I think there's more to us than that. Uh, there is. I think I'm well, learning this. As we go on in this podcast, we're not, our strength is not as a comedy podcast, but as a <laughs> relatable, silly, silly, fun time podcast that also has some deep shit. Am I the silly or the deep shit? I think we're both both. Oh. Okay. Maybe? I don't know. I feel like I'm very much both. You're deep, that's for sure. I'm also silly, silly fun time. You are. <laughs> this is our podcast, everybody. What you're hearing is what you get. Yeah. Um, you remember last week we talked about Christmas movies? We did, yes. I was really curious like, if the characters translated to being the favorite characters of Christmas time. Okay, I think I see where you're going, but I need I, more. I found a poll. You found a what? An online poll. You know, a poll. Oh, oh yes. I'm, I'm Are you going to make fun of the way I say words again? I'm familiar with the concept. <laughs> what was the word you made fun of me about today in group, by the way? What color is the poll? <laughs> That's it. I'm not even going to say it. 
Has anyone ever noticed that Brian says the word color strangely? I'm never saying it again, so you're never going to hear it again. I will find any other word other than that word to use <laughs> to mean what it is I mean. Hi, your shirt what? is an interesting hue. What? <laughs> what shade is your face right now? <laughs> okay, so I looked up a poll of the top, there's about 15 characters from Christmas movies. Ooh. So not the movies themselves, the actual characters. Okay. I was really curious about this. Can you think of your number one Christmas character? Oh boy, that's a tough one. Um, that is a tough one. I'm sitting here trying to figure out what mine is. Yeah. I mean, Santa Claus. Who? Santa Claus. Oh wait, oh. no. Am I a bad person if I don't say Jesus? Oh, I wonder if he's even on the list. <laughs> is he really a character, though? How terrible would it be if Jesus was not on the list of his uh, characters? Guess who's not on the list? <gasps> Sacrilege. I think it's because the word character trips you up. So Jesus isn't a character. Because he's a real person. I'm he's sure he was a character in his time. <laughs> well, personality-wise, you're probably like, right. man, that Jesus. He's so I think I think Jesus was a crack up. I absolutely believe that. I bet he had a wit like none other. Yeah. Um, but not on the list. Wow. Your Santa Claus is number two. My Santa Claus? You said Santa Claus, didn't you? He's mine. <laughs> I'm not claiming him. He was just the first I thought of. He's number two? Who's number one? Are you going to be like this the whole podcast? Yes. Okay. He was number two. This is an interesting list. Let me just run down them real quick. Okay, sure. Uh, there's like 10 or 12. Uh, do you remember Arthur Christmas? Oh, there I was think Arthur was, Christmas? I think it was an animated film a few years oh, ago. Oh, okay. Jack Frost. All right. Heat Miser. Okay, that's fair. Sally from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Which I finally watched in its entirety the other night. You did? And I watched the series that you told me about. Yeah. Let's touch this on that movie. here in a second. Okay. Yeah. Sally. Uh, Willie Stokes from Bad Santa, which I've never seen. Um, the Grinch. Frosty the Snowman. Bumble the Abominable Snowman. Is that is that from one of the oh. Rudolph? Yeah, it's from Rudolph. Yeah. Okay. Cindy uh, Who. Maybe it's not. Maybe that's I think it is. It's, one, it's from one of them. I don't remember him having a name. Could it be from uh, Year Without a Santa Claus, maybe? I don't know that one. Okay. It might oh, be. That, wait. Never mind. Keep going. It's not important. Cindy Lou Who. <laughs> okay. Ralphie Parker, which is probably my number one. Yes, yes. And I watched him last night with that the fan. Oh. It was awesome. Perfect. I kept flashing back to when I was in the play, and I played, yes, the old man. Go ahead. Insert joke here. <laughs> I played the old man. And the had joke writes itself. Yeah. I uh, love that movie. And it brought back a lot of fun memories from the play, too. Uh, Ralphie Parker, Buddy the Elf. He's number five. Okay. I honestly I think Buddy the Elf might be my number one. Yeah. I had a Buddy feeling. Buddy the Elf. It's your favorite say. color. You know who else I'm not seeing on here? Huh. This is Maybe. weird. 
Uh, Clark Griswold is not on here. Oh, <laughs> we went two different directions. What did you say? Mary. <laughs> Again, character. <laughs> I'm thinking fiction. You're thinking biblical truth. Uh, number four, Jack Skellington. Always thinking of biblical truth. Hmm. There's a there's a future podcast to get some truth on. Uh, Sorry, what was the last one you said? Jack Skellington. Jack Skellington, okay. Okay, that's number four. Number three. Who do you think? Uh, so two was Santa Claus. Three. Yep. I mean, is it the guy from no. It's a Wonderful Life? Yes, number one. That He's number one? Number one. George oh, Bailey. Really? Wow. Yeah. Movie you couldn't remember. Last yeah. Week. It's number one. Wow. I mean, no. I know that's a good movie, but it, I wouldn't have put the movie and the characters number one. That's Num Number three. Actually, this is kind of funny. Jack Skellington and this character tied, which I find very interesting. Uh, it's Rudolph. Oh, of course. Yeah. So I'm missing. I'm missing uh, Clark Griswold. I'm I'm missing Uncle Eddie. I think he should be on the list. I'm missing uh, anyone from the Nutcracker. I the, that yeah, the I can't think of one. Is not a part of that list. I can't think of one character from the Nutcracker. The Sugar Plum Fairy. Yeah, you lost me there. <sighs> not, not with you. Sorry. You uncultured swine. So let. <laughs> First time I've ever been called that. Believe it or not. <laughs> That's a shocker, I, actually. I have a hard time believing it. <laughs> I've been called that before. You're on fire tonight. I am. Yeah. Am I? <laughs> so, you've cut me down about 18 times in the first five minutes. So, yes, you're on fire tonight. Is that not my job? Apparently. I didn't realize we had specific roles in this podcast, <laughs> but apparently we do. Yours is to be the smart... I didn't gonna, realize this was a roast. I'm gonna be <laughs> gonna be kind. Okay. I'm not gonna call you a smart ass. <laughs> you would smart be correct. Arts. <laughs> yeah, that makes it better. There's a series you told me about. I want you to explain it to everybody because it's kind of yeah. a cool series. Yeah. Yeah. So the series that I had mentioned was um, a new Netflix show called the um, the Holiday Movies That Made Us or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I found out this morning because I went to watch another episode and realized that there's only two episodes. Really? I thought there was more. I've seen the whole series already. Yeah, that's all. That's all there is right now. Well, I don't um, want to talk about this anymore. That's disappointing. I know. I was bummed, but I will say it's just a documentary series. Ooh. <laughs> oh. I didn't even think about you being able to see me. <laughs> this just got interesting. Guys. It's pulled out a flask. It's fruit juice. No. <coughs> that's so boring. It's fruit juice. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. No, I, as I was talking, he just legit pulled up pulls out a flask and okay. starts drinking. <laughs> okay, hang on. This was a gift, and this is one of my favorite gifts ever from my fishing buddies. And somebody like took this leather thing on this flask and like imprinted grby which is the name of our fishing group uh -huh. which is really cool and it was a fish it's so i just brought it because it brings warm memories i see and other warm sensations but <laughs> when i was a sophomore in college i um 
for my birthday, a friend gave me a flask that had a mustache on it. It was really cute. Oh. Um, but I, I went to a school that was very conservative and mm. um, it was a dry campus. But I thought the flask was so cool. So I filled it with fruit juice. But mm -hmm. it was like pomegranate something. Right. And I pulled it out in class. It was really sour. <laughs> huh. And so I actually like flinched as I was drinking it. And my professor was like, what? What are you doing? What's happening like, right now? <laughs> it really was juice. I don't think she believed me. Anyway. I don't think I believe you. <laughs> it really was juice. It was so <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, anyway, the Netflix series, it's just a documentary series about how um, holiday, certain different holiday movies were made. Right. Um, and just like the stories behind them. And it's very in-depth. They do lots of interviews with like directors and producers and it's really, really fascinating. And the two episodes are about Elf and the Night Before Christmas. I'm hoping they'll add some series maybe. I hope so. I'm sure they will at some point. Um, I, I don't know how you'd have a series like that and not have Christmas Vacation or sure. uh, It's a Wonderful Life or I, I don't know. There's tons of others yeah. that should be on the Santa Claus I'm sure a lot of it has to do with like who they can get interviews with and yeah. copyright and stuff like that. But um, it was really, I just really enjoyed it. It was very well made and well put together. And I really wanted there to be more episodes. You know, the, the old man from the movie, um, a Christmas story it passed away a few years ago. Oh, so, really? so if they want me to step in, since I played him in the play, wow. I'd be very willing to do that. So <laughs> could you pass that on to Hollywood for me? Uh, yeah, Hollywood. <laughs> this is Lauren getting a message. <laughs> we got Hollywood on the phone. I don't, I don't feel like you're being sincere in that, but okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Good. Still good at reading people, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when that started. <laughs> There's something I've never been accused of. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Um, which brings us to the other thing that we were going to talk about today. Okay. Um, which is, I really wanted us to share like the stories of how we ended up becoming therapists. Huh? Did you remember that I asked you this? I did. Okay. I'm, I'm pretending to not remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just ruined that. You ruined it. Thanks. <laughs> ruined my acting. Cause it was stellar. Sorry. So how did we become therapists? That's your question? Yeah. I want to hear yours first. Me first. Okay. Um, I have not thought much about how I'm going to tell the story. I was <laughs> uh, wanting to make it spontaneous. Um, and now I don't know where to start. I'm the one who had the idea. And yeah. I don't know where to start. I brought right? idea and... Now we just have a lot of silence. I know. Ooh, awkward. <laughs> We're therapists. We love silence. It's true. It's true. I can sit in silence for a long time. Um, I'm going to start Actually, with... when we're mad at our clients. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a hard time. <laughs> you're just sitting there and you're like, I'm so mad. I can hardly think. <laughs> But I don't need to not not say that. I need to not say anything right now. Yeah. <laughs> we have learned how to do that. Yeah. And I will say, just because I want anyone listening to to know how much we care for our clients, even where we're very, very mad in the moment. 
we have a deep, deep, genuine love and concern for who they are and their journey. Just there's moments where they can be very difficult. And that's okay. I've been a client and I've been very difficult. So yeah. I know. I'm sure I have as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. I am amazed at how much like I am a therapist and still sometimes I show up to therapy and she's like, what do you want to talk about today? And I freeze and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you think you'd be ready for that question. Right. You <laughs> hmm. Yeah, It's all hard guys. We're all figuring it out together. Um, I want to start with when I was in high school. I think this was like an original, like the seed of me becoming a therapist was planted in my head. Mm. And that was when I was about 17 or 18. And I, I was very, I was really struggling. I think I've mentioned in a previous episode that like high school is a really hard time for me. Mm -hmm. And I um, was like, I was doing online school. Um, I was homeschooled. I was an only child. I was really lonely. I didn't have a lot of direction. I didn't have a lot of help from people. It was just a really tough period mm -hmm. in my life. Yeah. And I would spend a lot of time that I was supposed to be doing my schoolwork, not doing my schoolwork. Mm. Um, and part of what I did with that time was read a lot about psychology because that was mm. the thing that held my attention when nothing else that I was supposed to be doing held my attention. Right. Reading about psychology did. And so it started with like, I would read Wikipedia articles about eating disorders and OCD and bipolar. And I just found it really fascinating. So then I started um, going to the library and looking through the psychology section. And I found tons of books, um, mostly like memoirs of people who've written about their experiences of mental illness. And I remember there was a period of time where I would go and I would leave with like a giant stack of books that were just memoirs of mental illnesses. And I just found it so fascinating. I don't really know why. Hmm. Um, but I still, at that point in my life was like, I want to be an artist or I want to do theater or whatever. Um, so when I like finally did apply for college and start to go, I originally was going to be a theater major, but then I don't know, something just didn't feel right. And I thought about like, first of all, how much work it is to make a career out of theater. And I just yeah. knew I maybe wasn't going to be up for that. So I was like, what's my backup? And I was like, well, considering I go to the library and buy, not buy, um, check out a whole stack of psychology books on a regular basis and actually read them, <laughs> maybe I should consider that. Hmm. Um, so I ended up majoring in psychology and I absolutely loved it. Just found it completely fascinating. It came so easily when other classes were really hard. My psychology classes always felt so easy. Huh. Um, and yeah, that's, that's how I ended up majoring in psychology. I didn't originally do it with the intention of becoming a counselor. Hmm. I actually thought I would do like research or something like that at first. Um, I can't imagine you stuck in a research setting. In a lab. Yeah. yeah. I think I was actually a little bit more, um, 
like science focused Mm -hmm. and less emotional when I was that age. Um, Oddly enough, because I'm like the most emotional person I know right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it kind of made sense at the time because I was like, ooh, I love research. I love data. I'm such a nerd. I was such a nerd. Um, Well, the way you say theater proves that. The theater. You said theater. Do I say it weird? Yes. Did you not hear yourself? The way I like theater. I did not say it like that. I think you did. I cannot wait for you to listen back to this podcast. British accent? Okay, maybe. Maybe I did. You know, like theater, theater. (laughs) Okay, unless I'm hearing things again, which, you know. Or you're just actively looking for a word to make fun of me for because I made fun of you earlier. (laughs) (laughs) There may be something behind that, yeah. And that's okay. Where were they going with this? Anything more behind why counselor? I feel like it was like I went from not wanting to be a therapist to just like ending up applying for grad school and then like fully knowing that I wanted to be a therapist. Somewhere in college, something shifted. And it just like became really obvious. Right. Um, I did take like an intro to counseling class my junior year. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I don't even really remember why, but I remember reading the textbook like the first week of class. And it actually like brought tears to my eyes, just like the description mm-hmm. of what therapy is and what it does for people. It like brought tears to my eyes because I was like, oh, that's beautiful. It was like, it felt so special. Like what therapy is, like being able to sit with someone in their darkest time and um, help them and support them in ways that other people can't just like really meant something to me and it really stood out to me. And I don't know if that was the moment I decided or when exactly that happened, but somewhere during that year, it just became really clear to me that like, this is my, this is my thing. Um, so I've often wondered, because a lot of people who end up being therapists do it specifically because they had a therapist when they were young that impacted them. And they're like, oh, that's the thing I want to do for other people. And I didn't have that. I had never been in therapy until I went to grad school for therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sometimes wonder, looking back, if there was like, just an underlying reason that I didn't know, like a need to figure out how to fix myself or fix my Mm -hmm. family or uh, something like that, that like unknowingly drove me to that. I don't really know what that is. Sometimes I do wonder about that. So I'm curious. I want you to tell your story and then see if there's any parts of our stories that we can- Mine's pretty short. I wanted to be Bob Newhart. <laughs> nice. Bob Newhart. So he was the one who had the show, the Bob Newhart show. Uh, there were like four or five different shows that he was in. They were all a called the Bob either Newhart or 
the Bob yeah. Newhart show or, or very, but yes, I think the counseling one was the Bob Newhart show. If I remember right. Okay. Can you say more about that? That that's an, that's an honest answer because yeah. I remember watching that as a kid and I love Bob Newhart still. I still love bringing up all, all the, all the series that he was in. So funny. And I just remember thinking, seeing all these crazy people coming into this office and Bob Newhart just being this, this kind of quiet mannered counselor yet hilarious. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's me. That's going to be me when I grow up. I'm going <laughs> to sit in an office all day and make funny little quips toward my clients and get paid for it. I'm going to have a secretary <laughs> out in the office who likes to make fun of me, which that that's kind of real with. Am I playing that role? In yeah, I think you might be. Yeah. <laughs> you and our other therapist. Um, Anyway, I just really kind of thought it'd be really cool someday to do that. Now, yeah. I didn't take that serious because in reality, what I ended up doing with my life for the first 15 years of my career and marriage was I worked in radio broadcasting. And I also, I, I got a degree in management. And I, in between radio jobs, if you ever worked in radio, you often move for most people, not everyone, but for most people. And then moved my family all over the country, got tired of doing that and ended up doing some management work. Management really wasn't for me. I worked for a couple of companies and finally I was jobless, almost jobless. I kind of had a job, but it wasn't bringing in much money. It was just a hard time of life. And moved back to Indiana, and one of my best friends um, knew of a job opening at the place that the parent company that we currently work, and um, ended up working with teens, not as a counselor, but in other roles for about twelve years. And it was it actually, I remember this. This is weird. The day I knew I wanted to do counseling and specifically get a degree and work as a therapist was about my third week in to this job where I was working kind of frontline with um, kids, trouble kids, and I got assaulted and I spent the night in the hospital. Oh. And I remember thinking, I'm not going to give up on this career. I'm not going to give up on these kids. I really want to do this wow. and I'm going to take it serious. And I'll never forget that. Um, then I realized later it was the medication I was on, but uh, that made me think <laughs> that. But I, and I'm joking, I really, oh. really did have that serious thought. Um, and I'm really happy that, you know, it took me a long time, but as a close to 50 year old, got my degree and, and uh, was able to become a therapist. So that's kind of my story. The why is, I don't know that it's all that deep other than that moment. I just knew mm -hmm. it's what I wanted to do. Oh, I think that's so cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Do you ever, like, do you think about that particular kid a lot? Yeah, and not necessarily in hopeful terms, unfortunately. <laughs> oh. Because jail was in his future. 
So yeah, yeah. Mm. and I, and I I felt I didn't like that. Yeah. Although, so I have hope, but I mean I've never crossed paths with that kid again. So yeah, he's not a kid anymore. It was right. quite a while ago. So hmm. yeah, I think that's really cool though that instead of thinking a lot of people in that situation that I know have yeah. thought, oh, I can't do this. I'm giving up <laughs> after something like that. But the fact that your instinct was, I'm not giving up. Yeah. It's very kind of unique. It, yeah. And I think the other piece of that was I, I, I did things wrong in that situation. Cause I had no, I, frankly, I hadn't been trained properly and didn't know what I was doing and did things yeah. wrong. And that was part of it. It's like, okay, I want to do this right. And I don't, want to give mm -hmm. up on this and and uh so getting a counseling degree was my way of doing things right so yeah like making it better yeah i sometimes feel like we're all in a way like trying to create a different ending to a story that's happened in our lives and yeah. it almost seems like that was your way of um like this was a story that had in that moment, a bad ending, and I want to figure out how to like give it a better ending. Yeah, yeah, wanted to give it a, and it, it wasn't all about me, but it was partly about me, and it was also partly about I want to, I want to have a, a better influence than this on those around me. So, um, the train's going by. Oh, I hear it. So it'll be at your place in about twenty-five minutes. Yeah, uh, it's not as loud as I thought it would be over the. I'm at the front side of the house, so it's not as uh, loud there. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, when I'm in my recliner, it's much louder. Yeah. <laughs> I share our vibrates. I'm sure. So, so I think the question I have for you then is as we tell our stories, is have you experienced you're young? I'm not. Mm -hmm. So the this won't happen for me. But have you experienced at all the doubts of, oh, I made a mistake. This isn't what I should be doing. Mm. Um, yes and no. I definitely think there are days that I wish I wasn't doing it mm. uh, because it's so hard yeah. and so stressful. Um, I don't think there's a single day that I come home if I have like a day full of sessions. Not a single day that I come home and I'm not like, stressed and overwhelmed and um just have a lot i feel like there's something about just taking in intense emotions all yeah. day from people that just weighs on you it does no um, matter how hard you try not to because you're told yeah. not to you're told to self-care you're told to yeah set yeah. boundaries it's not so, yours to take on yep but you're affected by it you, oh, yeah. you always are oh yeah um and I do think like I go through phases. My my thing usually is like I wish I could just quit and become a bartender <laughs> or like um, pursue some kind of artistic career instead where I wouldn't have to I don't know. Where I would have a more loose schedule, I guess. Um and I think bartenders are counselors. <laughs> They're drunk. Maybe. 
I remember saying this is off a little bit off track, but I remember when I was in high school, I wanted to become a bartender and my mom like talked me out of it. Um, but I remember thinking like, oh, I've heard that lots of bartenders, like people who are at the bar will talk to them and tell them things and make friends with them. And I thought the idea of that was really cool. So it mm -hmm. kind of makes sense that I did eventually become a therapist because I thought the relational aspect of bartending was really cool. Um, <laughs> okay, there's an episode. We need to have a bartender on. Oh my gosh, I don't know any. I think I, I know a couple. Do you? Mm -hmm. I'm, okay. I'm going to think about that. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, if they can make us drinks while we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other episode. I'm serious. I, I know you are. <laughs> um, uh, lost my train of thought. Where is it? Where Come we be on our podcast and make us free drinks, please. <laughs> we'll interview you. Yes. I love that. Um, do you ever watch the Big Fat Quiz of the Year? The British nope. show? Oh my gosh. It's so fun to have to watch it this year. It's It comes out every New Year's, New Year's Day. Oh, I think you've told me about it. Probably. Yeah. I love it so much. And it's getting close to New Year's. And I'm so excited. But um, no, it's a bunch of famous people it's a bunch of celebrities um usually british but not always mm -hmm. um and they have it's basically a big quiz show hmm. um but there was one year i don't remember which one it was where they had a bartender like they had a section that was like bartending themed questions so they had a bartender come out and like make a drink and talk about what was in it and the people had to guess what it was huh. so something like that would be really fun <laughs> it would be one of my favorite memories of listening to radio when I was younger, um, the Bob and Tom show out of Indy, and they had Chick get drunk on air one morning. Oh, my goodness. And they just kept getting drinks. And I think they were doing it kind of as a public service. They were seeing how many drinks it would take to get to inebriated. So they kept oh. doing a breathalyzer with him and everything. Yeah. Man, he was funny. Thanks. That's was, not really accurate because everybody's body type is different. And yeah, like that doesn't yeah. really give you any accurate information. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's funny though. It made for fun radio. Yeah, I'm sure it did. I want to clarify that I don't actually want to like get drunk and do the podcast. I just want to drink cocktails because they're fun. And they taste good. I made for a fun podcast. <laughs> um, I forget where I was at. What was I what was I saying? Uh, bartender. You asked me what if I'd ever considered like quitting. Right. Um, and the answer is yes, sometimes, but ultimately, no. Yeah, me too. It's, it's always when I'm like most stressed or most burnt out or have had a bad day or week that I think I want to change change careers. But when I'm feeling good and things are going well. I'm pretty confident. I'm like, oh, yeah, I couldn't see myself really doing anything else. I also think there's a reality to the fact that whatever it is, we because I've, I've said those things too. I'm going to go start my own restaurant or something. And we the reality that is, those other things that we would do will sound fun in the moment, but eventually they're going to become very stressful in themselves. Absolutely. The grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah. So I think everybody has moments where they want to be doing something other than what they're doing. Yeah. And that doesn't mean they're actually going to quit. Right. And I think there's like, there's a reality to, to like, 
I can really hate some aspects of my job and get frustrated and know that I still ultimately love what I do. I'm glad you love what you do. Yeah. How about you? Same question. Um, what's the question? <laughs> you asked me if there was ever a time when I considered like a career change. I mean, yeah, you. but I've also done that. I've had career changes through my careers. Yeah, and and I and I kind of hate whenever because it's been quite a bit, unfortunately, and I don't like that. So no, I don't want to change careers anymore. Now I have thought about as I get closer to retirement, eventually I'm going to be done, and I'll want to. There's I'm going to want to do something different with my life, you know. Mm -hmm. um, ultimately, I'd love to do something with my my hobby and do something to, you know, be able to make a little money with that. I don't know how or what that looks like but um to do the kayak fishing or, or something but um and maybe it's continuing to do you know stuff like this and yeah make more money as i approach retirement but i'm a good what 10 12 13 years from that so <laughs> 20 years 40 i actually i probably never will retire so never mind <laughs> um what when you've changed careers before mm -hmm. Was it like a feeling of I'm just not doing the right thing? I need to try something else. Like, was it always like a? I think I picked the wrong career and I want to try something new. Or was it like I'm just bored and I need to move on? It was never the bored thing. It wasn't the bored thing. It was more the um, lots of frustration in the industry more than anything. Yeah. And, and just having to put up with a lot of stuff that I just wasn't okay with putting up with. Yeah. And I finally have found a career where, yeah, I got to put up with stuff I don't want to put up with, but I can live with it. And I okay. have give I have, I think through my education and through my training, I have figured out a way for me to keep my power, even though my job can be stressful and hard and, yeah. I can still have some power and strength and resilience, whereas I didn't feel that in all my other careers. So yeah, I say all my other careers like there were eighty of them. There were like <laughs> three, three. Yeah, we'll say three. Um, I feel like school for counseling. I've said this lots and lots of times. School for counseling is twenty five percent learning counseling skills mm -hmm. and theories and techniques and actually doing therapy. And 75% is how do you take care of yourself yeah. as a therapist? Because every class you hear about self-care. Making hard job. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like it's necessary and good that that's the way it is, but it's just also, maybe that should have been a red flag for me when I was in grad school. Like <laughs> I have to talk this much about like how to not lose your shit as a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I should be paying more attention to, how actually hard this job is okay that's the 30th time my professor has mentioned self-care hmm. yeah the, a should, I, should i be more worried <laughs> i should have been more worried <laughs> but uh, i also do it feel like it prepared me enough that even though i do really struggle and it is really hard i do feel like i have the emotional capacity to handle it and the good boundaries and i'm constantly feel like i'm growing and getting better at those things Compassion fatigue is a real thing. And yeah. you and I have both experienced it. Woof. And 
that you've got in this industry and others, not just ours. It's not exclusive to ours. Sure. But in this field, you've got to be aware of when compassion fatigue is setting in or you're going to be ineffective. And and basically you're going to be operating in an un, unethical premise, you know, because you're not going to be doing what's right for your clients. Yeah. When that's the case, it's time to either really step up the self-care or maybe it's time to take a break. Yeah. Hopefully you and I never get to that point. <laughs> I feel like I've gotten good at implementing small breaks. Like I have a long weekend this yep. weekend. Yeah. And it was because I knew like in November I was like, well, I'll have some time off for the holiday. Wait a minute. What do you mean you have a long weekend? What? Are you off tomorrow? Yeah. Do you not know that? I thought I told you that. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be at work tomorrow. <laughs> what about Breakfast Club? Sorry. Sorry. When were you going to tell me this? I thought I told you. I'm okay, sorry. we're about to have our first real argument on our podcast. Oh, man. Huh. Enjoy your self care. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll get over myself. Stop making well, it about I myself. Put a damper on what I was saying. <laughs> what I was saying was, I was looking at my schedule back in November, and I said, mm -hmm. "I have some time off at Christmas, and that'll be nice." But I don't have any time off until then. I should take a long weekend. Also, because I had extra PTO because I hadn't taken enough gotcha. throughout the year. So I feel like things like this, like I'm getting good at knowing, like predicting before it gets bad, that I'm going to need a break instead of waiting until I already need a break. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. You can leave me alone tomorrow. I will. Because you. your other coworkers doing the same thing. I know. I know. I did have that thought today. I seriously thought you knew I wasn't going to be there. No, I don't. I, I really didn't. When I found now, out she was going to be gone too, I was like, Brian's going to be lonely. <laughs> <laughs> now it's possible. I got told at some point and my brain, you know how my brain's been working today. So yeah, maybe I forgot, fair. but I honestly don't <laughs> What'd you say? That, I said, that's fair. Yeah. I know there have been days when both you and her have been gone. And I, yeah. I also struggle with that. It's, it's always a little bit lonely. But for, you do have a lot of things to keep you busy. Too. I have a big, big busy day tomorrow. So yeah. lots of meetings. Good. I feel like it's harder being alone when it's like just paper. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what I was talking about, but did I finish my thoughts? What you I were getting there. Uh, <laughs> so we got to self-care. Anything yeah. else past self-care that... Um, I think I was asking you just about your career changes. I was yeah. going to tell you that I thought it was so interesting when I was in grad school mm -hmm. that I was in my cohort of like 10 people. Mm -hmm. I was one of only two who had just graduated from college. Mm -hmm. um, and that most of them were like in their 30s and 40s coming back for a second career. And I'm surprised at how many people choose counseling as a second career. I'd really like to know why that is. Um, Me too. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I I wonder if there's a Okay. So I might say some controversial things here, but Ooh, spicy Brian's coming out. Well, I remember being in a cohort as well and there being some people like that that were older and came back to get a counseling degree. And I don't think they belonged in this career. 
Really? Not and not everyone I was with, but oh. but just select people that I'm like, uh, yeah, not sure that was the right choice. So it almost made me feel like they had different expectations of what this career was. Oh. Than what it really is. And I'm trying to think of specifically what made me feel that way. But there, I mean, there were some, um, here's the controversial part. There were some, uh, uh, how do I say this kindly? Um, full of themselves people. <laughs> okay. Wow, that surprises me. Yeah. And, and that was like, not my experience at all. Yeah. Yeah. Just it just really, I I can remember specifically those people and just thinking, I'm I'm really curious if they have been successful. Hmm. Um, now I met some other amazing people that I'm sure are terrific yeah. counselors. So don't get me wrong, yeah. but I just remember meetings. It I my guess is my gut tells me that those people are not doing it anymore. Yeah. Huh. I'm really curious about that too. Or their management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that wasn't my experience at all. The people in my cohort were so kind and so loving. I there are a couple um older they weren't old by any means, like right. I don't know, early forties probably. Okay. Um, uh women in my program who were they, they were like second moms to me, mm. like so kind and so thoughtful and they absolutely belonged. Um, I wonder if it was because now that I'm thinking of it, they both had like kids that were kind of leaving the house and stuff. So I wonder if it's like mm -hmm. a lot of times moms who've stayed at home yeah. end up becoming therapists because so they, it's like a good, it's a natural transition from becoming being a stay at home yeah. mom to being a therapist because you like your nurturing gets has a yeah. place to go. Um, huh. Ah, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? I lost my train of thought. I feel like I had something. Moms are the ultimate therapist, is what I think I hear you saying. What? Moms are the ultimate therapist, is what I think. <laughs> I but we should not confuse that with our moms as therapists because that's a dual relationship. And it is. That's unhealthy. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Shoot. I don't know. Why are you losing your train of thought? Come uh, <sighs> Brian. I never do this. <laughs> oh, I was going to tell you about my old therapist. Oh, please do. Who, it was her second career. And she was like, I think, I, I want to tell me she was like, I want to tell, I want to say, that didn't make any sense. Oh my God. So you were an English teacher in your first job? Deep breaths. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say that she told me that she was like a CEO of a company. Oh, wow. Like making bank in some kind of like high ranking businessy type field. Mm. That tells you how much I know about business that I'm calling it some businessy type field. Like, I don't know what it actually is. I don't know the right words for it. But she like was really successful and like basically got to the top of where she could be in her career and was just super unfulfilled yeah. and super unhappy. And so one day she was like, I'm going to take a pay cut and I'm just going to go help people because mm. that's what I want to do in my heart. And I am so in awe of her. I, I love stories she, like that. Yeah. I hope she wouldn't mind me talking about this, but I, I'm sure she 
I'm speaking highly of her because yes. she's vegan and I'm sure she wouldn't mind, but um, yeah, I really admired that. Yeah. And I that think that really therapy, even though it's really hard, is really rewarding. And I think a lot of people who do their original dream career find that what they wanted wasn't money, but fulfillment. Mm. So I wonder if that's why it's a frequent second career. So that's why we're doing this job. Maybe. Maybe for the I first do. thing. There's something really special about it to me. Mm -hmm. Like as much as I get stressed and I must, as much as I wish I was making more money, like I do feel really purposeful and fulfilled. Those and times I, that we have the connections with our therapist that mean a lot to us. Yeah. Yeah. You mean with our clients? Yeah. What'd I say? With our therapists. Our therapists? See, I shouldn't talk anymore. <laughs> We're both really tired. It's been a long week. I had energy when this thing started, but it's 50 minutes later and I'm starting know, to run, run out of speed. Really fast. Yeah. This was more heavy. I mean, it was not in like a boring way, but just we've been talking about deep stuff. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So let's end. Um, was there anything else you wanted to say on your heart before we? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, no. Let's end on a. Uh, up note in terms of i mean the holidays are right around the corner right yeah so silly do, silly fun time so what it's time for silly silly fun time because we did we did the deep shit now it's time for silly silly fun time well we already did the christmas character thing <laughs> maybe we should have said so you need to come up with a silly, silly fun I time. You come up with a silly, silly fun time. So you need to not do this to me right <laughs> as we're ending, and in the moment is is the problem. Silly, silly fun time. You're the one that said let's not plan what we're going to talk about. Uh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> we need to get better at like loose plans. Oh, really? What the <laughs> heck is loose planning? Like, like what we did when we we're like, well, we should talk about how we became therapists, but not like plan it anymore. Though. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's a work in progress. We're figuring this out. Did I tell you about my friend Will and what he said about our podcast? Uh, -uh. I don't think so. This was a few months back when I like first told them about it. This isn't how... the living room comment, is it? No. Okay. No, no, no. I'm not even sure if he listened to the podcast, but I, um, I was talking about his wife had, and I, um, was talking about how, like, we were kind of discouraged because it wasn't like going as well as we thought and we weren't as good as we thought. And his comment was, well, of course you're going to suck at it. You just started. <laughs> You've never done it before. And that was oddly encouraging. That is oddly encouraging. Huh. Yeah. Has he listened to it? I don't know. I haven't talked to him recently. Yeah, you should find out if he has. I'm sure he will eventually. I'll talk him into it. Okay. Um, can I tell you about um, <laughs> what's happening to my feet right now? I noticed you're doing something. What are you doing? <laughs> this is kind of disgusting, actually. Are you scraping your feet? So I did a chemical peel. <laughs> <laughs> There's How a is thing. This is a thing. Okay. I just learned about this a couple of weeks ago. Sounds painful. It's it's a, a thing you can put on your feet. It's like in a, a little 
uh, little booty thing. <laughs> okay. Put on your feet that has all these some chemical stuff in it, and you like hold it on there for an hour or something. And then in the next like seven to ten days, your feet start peeling and all like the dead skin and stuff starts peeling off. And it like I did it about a week ago and like it's getting real serious down here. <laughs> it sounds absolutely horrifying. It yeah, I'm glad you can't see this. Um, You're peeling your feet on our podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Um, no, okay, so here's what happened. Like the bottom, like oh, the heel my. of my foot, the super callousy part just today, like it all peeled off. And I was like walking in my uh in my living room here, and I have like hardwood floors, uh-huh. and they're cold, and I felt it on like the actual bottom of my foot. And I was like, wait a second. My feet have been so callous for so long that I never had sensation in that part of my foot. <laughs> But now I do because it all peel off, and I'm like, "What the heck is happening?" So you're it's feeling wild. your soul. Yes, my soul is peeling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm tired. We better be done. That was dumb. I can't believe you're peeling your feet on our podcast. I not the whole time. You know what else is fun? I have a green fingernail. You're talking about your feet. Yeah. And it's starting. All about your green fingernail. So we work with teen girls. That should tell you why I have a green fingernail. Uh, (laughs) Because I walked into where they live and they were painting fingernails. And then all of a sudden my fingernail was painted. So. (laughs) Against your will. They held you down and painted your fingernails. I volunteered because we. We're saying goodbye to somebody and I wanted to be nice. So it's been two weeks now <laughs> or a week. I guess it's only been a week, hasn't it? So, a week tomorrow. week tomorrow. Okay. And uh, it's just starting to peel on the bottom of the nail. Yeah. I'm impressed at how long it's lasted, especially for regular nail polish. It wasn't gel, was it? No, it was regular nail polish, but they put it under these fancy lights that supposedly dried it. I know nothing so about it. So it might have been gel, because that's what gel is. That's what I have. Nothing yeah, it, it doesn't look like yours. Yours is shiny. Why am oh, I sitting here talking about my flipping fingernails? <laughs> this isn't girls' night out at the spa. Because <laughs> uh, nail polish is cool. Some men can pull off nail polish. Yeah, not this man. Probably not you. No. <laughs> Thank you, as she says with that look of judgment on her face. Oh, man. Fine. I'm going to find the nail polish remover as soon as we're done. Oh, I didn't mean take it off. It's just one nail. Don't worry about it. Just to spite you, I might get them all done now. (laughs) Okay. No, I'm not going to do that. How are you talking me into this? I'm not doing that. I think you are. You got little mind, Jedi mind tricks going on right now. I'm kind of just agreeing with whatever you say and seeing what happens. Well, stop doing that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I should stop doing that. Yeah. No, wait a minute. See, there you go again. <laughs> this is infuriating, isn't it? I'm done. <laughs> you got anything else to talk about or are we done? Uh, I think we're done. Okay. Next week. Dead. 
Next week's the week of Christmas, so let's. No, not. What? We have one more week, and then it's Christmas. Oh yeah. Okay, never mind. I vote we do one more, but it's up to you. One more before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with that. Okay. So we'll do a more, even more Christmassy episode next week. I don't know what that means. So. Ooh, it means you have to give me presents. <laughs> oh, is that what that means? Yeah. Yeah. You don't know me as well as you think you do. All right. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm saying I'm not going to say it. Okay. Wrap I think up. what you're saying is because I've said that, now you will show up with presents. <laughs> because you're a two and you like to I'm give. I'm fighting every urge inside me. Hey, the train. How long has it been? It's about 20, 25 minutes. It, I think we've proved our theory. I think, I think it is the same train. It's the same train. It's 20, 25 minutes from here to you. Wow. Wild. That is wild. Yeah, I can tell it's the same train. You can tell. Mm-hmm. You can tell by the sound. <laughs> it's got the Once same tone. On our podcast, we'll talk about Brian's super train powers and and my specialized hearing skills. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would bore you. <laughs> it's funny because Brian's deaf. <laughs> I'm not deaf. I'm not using sign language yet. You struggle. <laughs> I do. Poor my poor girls. <laughs> I have to ask them what they said so many times. I wish teens would not mumble. Oh my gosh, it's the worst. Every group therapy session. Come oh. on, we have to move our chairs closer because Mr. Brian can't hear you. <laughs> it is pretty bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I know. All right. We'll talk next no, week. No, I'm not getting hearing aid. Goodbye. Bye. Everybody <laughs> have a great night. And we'll see you next time on and some other stuff. Bye. Bye.